everybody, welcome back to Cutie Chat Podcast. This is Mary. And this is Daryl. And this is your one-stop shop for all talk quarantine. We like to offer what's going on in the news, politics, current affairs. We also like to offer a little motivation and inspiration and everything in between. Welcome back to today's episode where we're going to talk about today. Today is January 21st, which is the day after the inauguration of our 46th president, Joseph R. Biden, and our vice president, Kamala D. Harris. We are so excited, and we want to spend this episode talking about our impressions, our feelings, our thoughts about the inauguration, um, what how we feel about the future of this country and our democracy and just what it meant for us to experience such a historic an occasion for the first black and Asian woman to hold the seat of vice presidency in, within the United States history. So Daryl, you want to kick this off for us? Yeah. So, um, so the inauguration of Joe, uh, Joseph Biden was monumental for many reasons main reason being that we are finally rid of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. who has been the uh, 45th president over the past four years. Uh, he was a single-term president who got impeached twice and also led an insurrection against the Capitol. So it's a good feeling to be done with that guy. And his effect on democracy and on our country is... Uh, it could be definitely you could definitely tell tell you know tell the difference yesterday because um, there was uh, the inauguration was heavily guarded. There was a visual visual presence of uh, a lot of security and um, you know a lot of Secret Service and and Army people around. And also because of the COVID times, the uh, the dignitaries that were there they were masked up. They were you know, for the most part, you know, spaced out in their seats and things. But despite all of the security, despite the COVID measures, the uh, inauguration committee still put together like a very touching and a very moving ceremony that we we watched for most of the day. Uh, I believe we started at around 10 o'clock in the morning, just watching uh, the the former presidents and the uh, you know, the, the people that got there before the inauguration, we watched them all kind of get into place. We saw Michelle and Barack Obama, and so it was really good to see them again. We saw um, all the former presidents, except for Donald Trump, of course. Uh, we saw the people that were to perform, uh, ended up being like Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Garth Brooks. Um, <clears throat> Amanda Gorman. Amanda Gorman, uh, she was a, a, a youth poet laureate, so that was someone that we all was introduced to yesterday. I don't think anybody really knew about her, but now she's a celebrity. And the the ceremony was just very, very touching, from Kamala being sworn in to, you know, also Joe, Joe Biden being sworn in and addressing the, na- the nation and calling for accountability and unity and just sort of like giving us what we've been missing for the past four years, which is civility and dignity in the office of the president. It was like 
waking up after a four-year nightmare, honestly. It was, like, the first time that I was able to, like, really be into the inauguration, honestly. I mean, I think I was really into Obama's inauguration, but this was more like being rescued out of a, a pit of slime and bugs and and mess that you've just been trying to climb out of for four years. So, uh, my feelings were of, like, hopefulness. Um, I posted a lot on Facebook, a lot of memes, a lot of jokes, a lot of happiness, and definitely some tears. So, uh, that was my impression. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback on what Daryl said, for me, it actually started the day before yesterday. Um, we watched the vigil that the president and the vice president and their spouses had in honor of the over 400,000 lives lost. And I cried. I was very moved by it. You know, um, they had Yolanda Adams singing. And um, for the first time since all of this began last year, where we're in quarantine and the COVID has wrecked so many lives for so many reasons, um, just to have a moment of silence and a moment of meditation and a moment of acknowledgement for all of the families impacted by this horrible, horrible pandemic. So, like, just for that to be, the, like, the starting point of these festivities already ushered in a sense of change, a sense of respect, a sense of decency, and just acknowledgement. You know, 400,000 people died that maybe didn't have to die if things could have just been handled differently. So the fact that Joe Biden wanted to just, I'm sorry, President Joe Biden wanted to start things off on a note of just respecting and honoring and memorializing the, the lives lost it just, it felt like what we had all been missing. I mean, not only did Trump not acknowledge the fact that people were dying, but he was so defiant, he got it himself. And so, you know, that that really kind of just set the stage for me. And like Daryl said, which I'm not going to repeat, all of the festivities yesterday, it, it's like there was clear and thoughtful, unifying language, life-affirming, love-affirming uh, messaging, And, you know, it is my hope and my sincere prayer that we can take what happened over the last four years and let it be a true, like, learning experience. I feel like as horrible as it was to live through the Trump years, I'm starting to feel very differently that maybe we had to see how bad it can really be to understand what it is we have, what we have to fight for, what we have to cling to, what we have to work for, because yesterday was so refreshing. It felt like, you know, you know, democracy wasn't hanging in the balance. And it's funny, like Daryl said, with the with the heavily armed military presence, you know, Daryl and I and some of our friends and family online, it's like we were just kept, we kept waiting for the ball to drop or the shoe to drop. Like, is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? But that's just how, like, tra- traumatized we all are from the Gestapo tactics and the thug-like mentality of 45 and his supporters is that everybody wanted to be really happy, but we also had to be opti- optimistically cautiously optimistic because of the way everything has gone for the last four years. I feel like we've been kind of like freed from an abusive relationship. And so, you know, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the poetry. I even, um, the, the, the prayer, um, the Reverend, um, Sylvester Beeman gave at the close of the inauguration, uh, ceremony was beautiful. And just, 
Joe Biden and, and another one of his first actions to go pay respect to the military. Uh, you know, at the military um, cemetery in, in D.C., like my dad is a vet and my grandfather's and Daryl's grandfather and we have family that serves. And so, you know, again, bringing the attention back to the people, the military, the things that matter, you know, like. Uh, something President Biden said was like, this is not about me. This is about me serving the country and serving the country and its citizens. And it felt like that, you know, like I, I can remember Donald Trump talking about the military being suckers and losers. And this is somebody who like uh, evaded the Vietnam War because of bone spurs. And so, you know, just to be able to respect and then have the uh, prior presidents there, Bush and Clinton and um, Obama. Obama, to just like, you know, show this is how we do it. This is the handing of the guard. This is the respectful transition of uh, power. And just to have, to see that continuity, um, it reaffirmed that this country is not lost. We're not far off the rails. And that all of us who are who are apathetic or feel like our voice doesn't matter or that our actions don't matter... I think it's a call to action that, especially in our generation, we have to be involved, whether locally or federally, we have to find ways that we can contribute toward the continuity of our democracy, because with the wrong person in place, we definitely got a four-year experience of what could happen when we let charlatans and and thugs and goons just kind of steal our country from us. So I feel hopeful. I feel optimistic. I feel like I can just breathe deeply now. And while I don't think everything is perfect and everything is going to go smoothly, I do feel like at least there are adults in the room now making the decisions in charge of the nuclear codes and righting a lot of wrongs that took place in the last four years. Yeah, absolutely. And one of Joe Biden's, uh, President Joe Biden's most memorable lines from his speech is that we must end this uncivil war and it was basically the first time that someone put a name to what was going on and what we are in as a result of uh of terrorists attacking the u.s capitol and they're still on the loose and yeah it's we are in a period of uncivil war i mean it's just uh it's probably i mean a lot of presidents have to inherit some sort of crisis but joe biden is inheriting the coronavirus this uh i mean there was already uh the events over 20 the summer of 2020 and and prior to that with uh the different uh racial racial motivated uh killings but now also you know those need those need to be addressed, but now it's been an escalation with the with the recent attacks, and there's of course the economy because everybody's still locked down with COVID. Um, there's just a whole slew of rebuilding our you know relationships with our foreign allies. That that part. <laughs> I mean, just. I mean, uh, Donald Trump really did a number on the country. Donald Trump and his goons and the Senate and the House people that we'll say that that continue to even hold up Biden's uh, nominations of, of his cabinet positions. Like they've already slowed him down. They've slowed down the transition of power. And now he is, they're slowing down even 
the continuity of the government by, you know, by the president being able to have a cabinet in place to make these decisions. It's just remarkable how Trump and his goons have shown themselves as adversaries, as enemies of liberty and enemies of democracy. And I think it was really important for yesterday to to happen for all the pageantry, for all the celebration, for the recognition by pop culture, because that's a that's that's a nod that's a definite nod that a we won't be intimidated by these terrorists that b uh you know the pop culture icons and and the you know the sort of the best of our society are behind joe biden and we can definitely say that they weren't behind trump because of his actions and because he didn't stand for american values so it was good to see the uh, the show of power from America it was good to good to see American society from all different walks of life come yes. out to celebrate this uh, new day. Um, it's like we saw you know we got to see everything from the march to the White House, where uh, where they got to work right away signing executive orders, and then um, the first press conference right um, since Trump. <laughs> shut those down right uh and then like i said in the evening there was like a bunch of celebrations that were virtual you know we got to see uh john legend justin uh, timberlake the foo fighters yeah it was great it was just like uh like a concert and they were all in their different locations i mean we weren't just watching zoom uh, concerts, right. <laughs> you know, we weren't watching somebody sitting in front of a camera, but they were in like venues. You know, I love the Foo Fighters, so it, I mean, <laughs> it was just kind of fun, just you know, seeing them. Like you said, Justin Timberlake, Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. Katy Perry. It, it was just literally a confirmation, and I think a reassurance that America. Um, will and can survive and that um, the best parts of who we are as a country will always come together to do the right thing and prevail and so it was an entertaining it was reassuring as a citizen and it also I think sent a message to the world and to the people that didn't vote for Biden that you know there's an open invitation to come back to normalcy and sanity and balance and decency if you want it but if you don't we are all going to march forward with those tenants in our life because that's how you continue as a society and a quick little side note which is not funny cuz you never want to laugh at the peril of anyone but Daryl and I and Daryl you can chime in on this we had a nice laugh yesterday when we found this article about the QAnon supporters literally on some kind of message board doing a countdown expecting some kind of massive takeover leading up to the inauguration of President Biden and Madam Vice President Kamala Harris and when it didn't happen they like splintered into two groups where one group pretty much like conceded that it was over and the other one was trying to push forward all, all the way up to someone saying, maybe Biden is Q. Maybe he's with us all along. And so, you know, like I say, it's not 
terribly funny, but it's just funny in that, you know, these people are having to kind of wreck it's a reckoning with their conscience and what they were willing to believe and how gullible they were. And so, you know, obviously all of them won't come back to like even the middle of the road, but even if a fair percent of them can just wake up from the spell that they were put under and realize the reality of life, you know, that's, that's probably the best we can hope for. But we did find a, a little comical that they were reeling yesterday um, as the world essentially watched our leaders lead. Yeah, and we know the broad strokes about this QAnon thing where they worship Donald Trump and they think that Democrats are uh, child sex pedophile that drink blood and worship Satan and who knows what else. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just hard to even have, like, where do you, where do you, you know, if you can't even agree on that that's not a thing... (laughs) I mean, you need some sort of basis of agreement. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, it's, it's whoever like spun this whole thing up, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's a reminder that, A, somebody spun this whole thing up. Somebody came up with that. Yeah. Uh, B, Trump probably doesn't want to let go of a bunch of people thinking that he's a savior, so by all means, it's probably still alive in some form. Trump is still there, and he's still got a big mouth, you know. He can probably still get an interview on Newsmax or OAN or Fox News. And that's what I wanted to mention, is that there was a stark difference in comparison in the mm-hmm. coverage mm-hmm. on Fox News' website, on the conservative outlets like, you know, the Fox News Channel and Newsmax and things. It was a stark uh, comparison like we would we were kind of like flipping back and forth and at one point there was a, a poll on the on Fox News where the majority of their uh, viewers were angry about the inauguration and they were covering they weren't covering the inauguration they were covering like local news and other things or who Trump pardoned they yeah. were they were doing interviews and little segments on the list of just felonious just thugs that he decided to pardon in his final hours mm-hmm. and you know it's it just shows you that the bubble that people live in these bubbles are so toxic and dangerous and that's why it's okay to disagree and it's like Daryl said facts are facts but it's okay to disagree it's, it's okay to have an opposing opinion but when you can't as a news source when you are complicit in helping to perpetuate lies and to help incite insurrections against your own country right along with Trump and some of the people in Congress and all the people who attacked new all these news outlets that help perpetuate these lies they need to be held accountable just the same and so as these impeachment proceedings move forward it will be really interesting to see exactly who is held to count because there is a lot a lot of people's hands are dirty in this and we are really hoping that when congress gets in session that there we don't keep stalling on this like this 3 weeks ago 3 Wednesdays ago there was the insurrection the week after that was the second impeachment of Donald Trump and now this yesterday Wednesday was the inauguration of our new president and they're immediately going to work and so we can only hope that this these impeachment proceedings do not halt do not 
take forever to get off the ground because people need to be held responsible for all of the roles that they played and what happened on January 6, 2021. Somebody needs to be responsible for this. And as a country, we we are owed an explanation and we're all and the people responsible, they are owed a, a punishment for their actions. And just another point. So watching those other channels was a reminder of the state of the country and that you know, the majority of the country is celebrating the duly elected president and vice president and the other which is not even half the country was much less than half the country is is mad and thinking it was stolen so there was that and then there were uh reporters in the press conference just asking all kind of all kind of heinous questions yeah the press secretary like hours after after Biden got into office talking about what are you going to do and what's your first plans and have you talked to this person? Have you, have you done right, this yet? Right. So you can tell us about what, what went into uh, into cleaning up the, uh, the Capitol in the White House and questions like uh, Biden says that he wants unity. What's he going to do to really show that kind of unity? Questions that are like so leading like as if the other side like if, as if they haven't been denying that he's even president right. this whole time, and they still continue to deny his presidency, they are standing in the way of his nominations. They are total adversaries, and like, what are you gonna do for us? Right. Like, are you serious? Right. Like, like, why, 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 why are we? Why are we always expected to just do the right thing, or you know? be the bigger person or operate, you know, democratically or rationally. Like Daryl said, less than two weeks ago, there were, what, like 13 or 14 uh, senators that were prepared to reject the electors' votes from the, from the, um, I, I, I just, I, I, it, it escapes me. There was even one reporter that asked, why Trump, why President Biden did not mention Trump in his speech. And thankfully the press secretary knows what she's doing because she was able to put the complete focus back on the people. She was like, we have a president. It's not about him. It's not about who came before him or who will come after him. It is about the American people. That is his focus. That will always be his focus. And that's what a president's focus should be. And so to Daryl's point, clearly we have a long road ahead of us. And and but but thank God, as we can already see with this presidency, even as asinine and absurd as these questions are, they still took them. They still answered them, and they still gave the level of transparency that you expect a White House to give the American people. So, so yeah, as you can see, there was joy. There is also still some resentment and frustration in the way that the Republicans are trying to approach things right now with the new leadership. But we are optimistic that uh, President Joe Biden and Madam Vice President Kamala Harris are going to get in there and they are going to do some real work on behalf of the American people. Yeah, we are definitely in support of them. And, you know, this is just the beginning. Yeah. We got a lot to clean up. And it's just like Obama said when he took office, it's not 
his job it's our job right and that's an important thing to remember so you know we're standing in support and you know from whatever our you know whatever we can do to influence the the you know the good things of america and and civility and empathy um we're gonna do that because this is this is the fight it's the fight of empathy and caring about your fellow american not just about yourself that's what trump stood for is about him 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 and whatever is about him even as he threw his QAnon supporters under the bus under the bus didn't pardon not a, one a man one of them and now they just they did the dirty work and now they got the FBI coming after them resting them losing their jobs losing their ability to own guns but you know where he is you know where uh, 45 is he's probably in Mar-a-Lago golfing because right he didn't storm the Capitol exactly because it, he just cares about him so, so you got played you got played yeah so there it is folks <laughs> that's the end of this episode thank you guys so much for tuning in uh follow us on facebook and instagram and hey we've enjoyed it it's mary and this is daryl and you know stuff is still happening so we're gonna keep on coming with it but we'll see you guys next time